0: so so first uh question i have for you the, the zero uh, quick zero dilemmas and um uh, let's let's see if you can make a, a quick answer and then just um uh, we, we can discuss afterwards okay <laughs> so the first one um uh, do you think we should optimize every page for every customer or pick uh, specific areas and pr- improve the shit out of those
1: so every page or specific page i'd probably go specific um There's ROI you can calculate from specific, like not calculate, but there's a lot of more you can do with limited resources. If you focus your efforts, I think the ROI tends to be a lot higher if you focus your efforts. I mean, CRL people, we literally never get any support from anyone ever. So when you have limited resources, if you're trying to fix the whole website, I'd say just try and focus on the things that you can optimize for and, you know, the ones that are getting higher traffic, you know, things that really make a difference, focus on the focus on those other than move the whole amount.
0: Yeah. Second one, um, should we uh, call ourselves uh, uh, CRO people or CRO industry or do, should we use another term? Uh,
1: uh, well, we're <laughs> chief revenue officers, right?
0: <laughs> yep.
1: uh, I hate I hate CRO. Um, I think experimentation is a good word for it. I know everyone debates this. CRO, like we know what we do, but I just, I like experimentation better.
0: Bayesian or frequentist? <laughs> I
1: feel like this is a common one. I, I tend to prefer bayesian but like each one has their pros and cons no, neither of them's wrong but i tend to go bayesian as much as i can yeah
0: yeah nice so um um then let's uh, continue uh, now that we know the most important parts of you uh, <laughs> uh what do you actually do uh from a day to day uh, basis let's let's start with that
1: Yeah, so I'm a senior strategist at Spiro, and effectively what I do is I help manage, you know, I I like run experimentation programs for the clients, um, coordinate things like, you know, experiments, hypotheses, coordinate research tests, stuff like that. Everything experimentation kind of runs through me. Um, But one of the things I've been kind of geeking out a little bit more on is uh, the experimentation maturity audit work that I'm doing at Spiro that's effectively helping not up-level experiments, but make better experimentation programs that's something I'm pretty passionate about. I've built experimentation programs for, you know, a couple companies. It's something that I really enjoy doing. And it's it's something that I think a lot of people tend to get wrong. They kind of fixate on like the experiments, but not necessarily the process and the program of building that experimentation program and getting better to support those individual experiments and the research
0: behind yeah, it. I think I've seen uh, your colleague uh, Ben posting about those mm. uh, things uh, a bit uh, too. So w- w- what do you uh, what do you guys use as determining factors for the, for the maturity?
1: Determining factors. Um, I mean, there's a lot of inputs that goes into it. We kind of start with just a general survey, like asking people that are involved in experimentation, how do they run it? And the audit piece is basically just trying to understand what is their current process? and how can we utilize the current resources to um, get better? But also it's taking a look at the landscape of, you know, maybe they need more resources. We have, we have some pillars, it's um, strategy and culture, people and process, uh, I'm sorry, people and skills, uh, data, and then like process and governance. And there's different things you could do to up level these particular things, but it's more like one of the clients I'm working with, um, they maybe didn't have enough staffing but staffing wasn't even their biggest problem. It was a process that the only experiments that were running, that were, they were running was um, feature validation. It was literally a checkbox to make sure it's not going to break the site if they did something. And that's not, I mean, that's a, a good use case for
0: experimentation. It's not a bad check.
1: <laughs> I mean, and you should do it for sure. But that yeah. was the only thing that they were using experimentation for rather than like proactive feature exploration and identifying yeah. new features to build.
0: Right. Yeah, exactly. And um, uh, I I did forget to ask, uh, how did you get uh, get started with this? I mean, um, a lot of people um, don't start studying uh, studying zero or something uh, uh, specific like that. So how did you get started?
1: (laughs) Uh, I tried to become a doctor. I just didn't like medicine. Uh, I I feel like I've said this a lot. It's no offense to doctors. I will keep on saying this. Doctors, nurses, everyone in the medical field is doing God's work. I just it is so boring to me. I'm just not passionate about it. Um, so I, I went to school undergrad for four years for trying to become a doctor. Didn't like it. Wasn't passionate about it. So didn't pursue it any further. Uh, I started there, working. There's a lot a, of
0: experiments you can do with medicine. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure.
1: Um, but like, there's blood. And there's, like, there's just, like, (laughs) disgusting things that you have to deal with. Like, there's code that you can look at, and sometimes code can look disgusting, but blood, you physically hold it, and, like, not about that.
0: Um, (laughs) (laughs) There's a different feel to it, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So instead of dealing with that, I felt like I'd rather – I want well, uh, digital marketing, is something that's like interesting to me, everything techie. Like I love like computers and learning about tech stuff. Like I always have the latest tech stuff. So that was like, started me on like, maybe I should do something in tech. Um, and then I saw I had an opportunity to work at a digital marketing agency that kind of focused a little bit on like UX research and like design. And that's where I was like, this is kind of interesting. And one of the things that stood out to me was like, I read this book, don't make me think, um, by Steve Krug and, god that just it it made me think ironically about how a lot of websites are just so poorly designed that you have to think and there's so much friction from just getting from point a to point b and i was like why is everything so complicated and that got the gears turning as like okay so there's a lot of like ux things that i think is really interesting to me that i think we could do better on as a web and then lo and behold, like experimentation started coming out and becoming more and more prominent, especially with tools allowing people to run experiments. So like, oh, so I could run tests to validate or invalidate that. Oh, that's awesome. And then there's a the tech side of it where it's on websites. I think the one thing that stands out to me is like the psychology. I don't know if you are similarly as interested in it as me, but like, god damn, the psychology in the way that people use websites is just so interesting to me. Like
0: you see people yeah, who I, like... I, 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 Good. i um so i i studied psychology but uh, during psychology there was nothing about online <laughs> fortunately <laughs> <laughs> so all all the things that i learned uh, about psychology online is about uh, if, through uh, reading books uh, uh, but working in it uh, myself doing all that experience but nothing from uh, from university uh, unfortunately i am <laughs> not sure if that's been fixed uh, uh, by now uh, that they use online uh, data but uh, yeah but he, like, again.
1: The, the funniest things about the psychology of user experience is that you it's almost like a cat and maybe not cat and mouse, but it's you get to just like one yeah. other tool allows you to literally watch someone use your website and like it 's creepy as fuck, but it's also
0: awesome data <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and, and and the amount of data right i mean you you can get user data with whatever oh, tool. Yeah. i mean if you if you design a phone or mm-hmm. a ticketing machine, you can get u- user data, people using your system, but it's not all users mm-hmm. that's that's the that's an amazing thing of course with uh going online with uh, if you look at the sample sizes you use at studies at, at university, um, that doesn't even start to compare with what we have online, the goldmine oh, yeah. we have here. Yeah, and even like think about with with, with uh, in, in the more neurology parts, mm-hmm. you had like eight participants.
1: <laughs> I mean, even think about like offline mailers. To me, that's like you get something in the mail. You can't A/B test that. And what kind of data are you actually getting? Like, what is the open rate of like the person opening the letter? You don't even know if it got delivered, right? Versus to your point, the data you have online is so freaking robust. There's so much you could geek out on. Sometimes it's too much. Sometimes it's like if you go into like a session recording heat map tool or whatever, and you just watch session recordings for four hours without any reason to look at it, you probably wasted your time because you're just watching people use your site without any reason. Sometimes there's too much data, but like too much data with an ability to filter down to what you need to is far better than like eight, <laughs> eight people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, 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 do get into uh, the, the, the process of with online. That's definitely something uh, that's, uh, that's a real thing that you have no idea. Okay. Well, where can we start? We have so much tools, uh that we can uh, that we can use is this also something so tool use is that something um that's part of that uh maturity model what, mm-hmm. what people are using or what, what they are able uh, um to utilize for their for their websites
1: yep i mean i think the dual the tools and research is like two lockstep things where you need tools to help you research but you also like everything's so interconnected but like you definitely need tools to capture data and you need tools to actually conduct research So sometimes it could be a binary, like, do you even have these tools to capture it? But kind of like to that data point, if you are simply tracking things like macro level conversions and like AOV, but you're not tracking actual interaction with like things on the website, micro conversions, you're not understanding the behavior. If you're simply just looking at macro level things, which a lot of people who run experiments do just simply look at a fixation of one metric and be like, we ran a test, did it improve conversion rate? Yes, no. Without understanding why, without using another tool to corroborate what happened versus not, you're just you're running into these limitations. And and to your point, like if you don't necessarily have all these tools, you're limiting yourself. And that could be an easy like recommendation to improve your maturity is get better tools or get a tool to do something. But having tools doesn't make you good like just because you have an experimentation tool it doesn't mean you're going to be at a maturity level of like you know top tier because if you just have a tool but you're not running tests or you have a tool but you're running crappy tests that's that's almost as bad as if not having a tool at all because you could be hurting your you know your users and your user experience
0: yeah and um um i, th- I think i have a a question uh, at least somewhat re- related. Um, there's a lot of, um, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of b- b- BS going on with with uh, how people are using that um, uh, the tools. How they are, um, uh, like I said, focusing on experimentation but not having a decent program uh, behind it. Uh, and you can imagine, especially when you work in an agency, you've seen uh, many of those programs um, uh, running or. Not running. <laughs> um, and uh, the question is from, uh, uh, from uh, t- uh, Tracy uh, Laraño. Um, uh, how do you maintain a no BS style? And apper- apparently, well, she, she suggested uh, uh, me asking this uh, to you. And apparently, uh, you are known, at least to her, <laughs> for having this no no BS style. And it's definitely <laughs> something I recognize with uh, the the posts uh, I, I see you, uh, the things I see you posting on, uh, on LinkedIn. I'll take so, it.
1: Um, I'll take it because I feel like there's so much of just like snake oil salesman in terms of like yeah. experimentation where like, there's a lot of people who'd be like, we'll guarantee you like X amount of dollars or we'll, we'll guarantee you X amount of lifted conversion rate. And I think that's just such a terrible way to you like, you're fixating on the wrong KPIs. Um, yeah. And you're going to box yourself into doing stuff that isn't necessarily right for user experience um, and creating something that's worthwhile for, like, customer lifetime value. Specifically, your question is, like, what um, what was it? How do you maintain a no BS lifestyle or
0: yeah. style? Well, not necessarily <laughs> lifestyle, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, lifestyle. If, if you wish to go, I into guess that, the, that's fine too, but how do you maintain a no BS style in, in, in those posts and, and, and when communicating with, with those clients?
1: So I think for me, it's just about transparency. I think like anytime time, I think a lot of times CRO people tend to have it be like, this is my baby. This is my thing. No one else gets to influence it because this is mine. And that's such a crappy way to like build trust because if you're just saying like, these are the tests. This is my algorithm for our prioritization, and people are like, "Can I learn about it?" And you're like, "No, leave me alone." But like that's not going to build any kind of trust that you're doing anything good, especially if you're running tests that are losing. But even like, I'd be skeptical. If like I had no access to your CRO program, but you're like, "I'm pumping out 50, 70, 80 percent conversion rate lifts or whatever it is." I'd be like, "Okay, tell me more." And you'd be like, "No." I'm like, "All right, well, I don't trust that." I think <laughs> the CROers we're always just yeah. skeptical about it. So I think like that transparency helps foster authenticity which I think is important to me like I swear all the time I'm not I'm going to speak my mind I don't I don't really care what other people think because I'm going to tell you what I feel and that's the truth you're not getting you're not getting bullshit from me I'm just going to speak the truth you'll get a sense of authenticity from me you may disagree but you know where you stand where I stand and then I think that leads to trust that if you're open if you're authentic if you're like, if if a test loses big, and you're like, yeah, I mean, this was our hypothesis, this is the research that went into it, going into this test, we felt really good about it, and it didn't win, and that sucks, but it's okay because we have these other tests, and guess what, we learned some things from this, and we're gonna move on. That breeds trust that, like, when you win, people can trust that you actually won, and when you lose, you know, you at least put the thought and effort and research into it. You're not just picking out some random things that like. I saw what Amazon's doing. Let's test that, you know? It's, yeah. <laughs> it's it just builds that trust.
0: Do you have so I, I have this feeling uh, uh hypothesis maybe uh that um I, I, and hopefully you can shine some uh, light on that. That's in um if we if we compare how the the zero or experimentation market works uh Europe versus uh, versus US. Uh my hypothesis is that in in US it's more focus on on running more experiments to see what works and then uh, just um, uh, shooting and see, see some if something sticks I'm, I'm very much generalizing mm-hmm. I'm realizing and then in Europe because and my hypothesis is is that because the markets are way smaller. Mm-hmm. You, you cannot get away with that. It's it's easier to do that for an English uh, website and um, uh, a global English website. You can just run a lot of experiments and something will eventually stick. You, you have no idea why, <laughs> but because you can have that volume, uh, it, it still works somewhat. You can still be somewhat successful with that. Uh, while in, in Europe, or, and I think, I guess it works for, for, uh, all other languages, basically the market is so much smaller, um, that you have to be smarter about it. <laughs> you have to do your research upfront to come up with a good hypothesis, uh, and then try to validate that. Is that something, um, that makes sense to you or is it, is it totally different, uh, wrong view of, uh, of the market that I have?
1: That's interesting. I never considered that. I. I don't know. That's a good thought. Like, I like in the interest of authenticity, that's a sound hypothesis. I I'm trying to think of like, so so,
0: you're basic. And I also and I also saw some uh, to, some some uh, supporting data And this is that I did see some uh, some some English markets uh, English merchant, but then in B two B where the marks are much smaller. Uh, by nature of being in B, 2 uh, b and they, again, they do need to be smarter about it. Then the, the mass running experiment doesn't work anymore because again, their, their, uh, target audience is much smaller. Mm.
1: That's interesting. It depends a bit on the, that is interesting. I, I feel like I've worked with some of the clients that are smaller and as a process of that, they have to be research driven. They have to focus on the research yeah. and be smart about it. Um, yeah. The other thing I will say is like, I do wonder if there's a culture, there's a difference in culture between like US culture versus European culture that mm-hmm. potentially that's, that's the layer of leading into it, which I, I don't know if you're kind of alluding to that, but I do think that that plays into like, you know, maybe in the US, it's a little bit more like try it and see if it works versus in Europe, it's like a little bit more skepticism, like, hey, like I'm not just gonna blindly trust you, and I do wonder if maybe there's a little bit more of that in Europe. That there's not skepticism, but more like, why? And maybe a little bit more inquisitive yeah. versus U.S. It's like, well, let's try it and see yeah. what happens.
0: Yeah, and, and by, by the way, uh, and that's that's uh, interesting. Let's. Let, I'm going to talk about <laughs> that one. by the way, when I say uh, in, in in Europe or, or the sm- smaller uh, websites that they need to be smart about it, I, I still think. Uh, I mean, if you can just create a lot of experiments and do that and it works, it can still be smarter sure. <laughs> to do that. Uh, if, I mean, it saves you a lot of time and resources on, uh, on doing the research. Yep. So if that works for you, uh, uh, go you. Well, truthfully, but I think uh, for- Truthfully,
1: I view experimentation as like a, a spoke of the hub of research. And I don't like, I don't know yeah. people agree yeah, yeah. disagree on that, but like research is doing things to understand behavior and like trying to understand kind of what's going on. Research includes data research like analytics data it includes heat maps but an experiment is data it you've you've tried a versus b and it's data to inform yeah. something so that's kind i don't I, people always feel weird about like Man, I- that
0: I often tell, um, uh, when I when I try to explain this process, I tell um, um, uh, people that run the website and say, okay, you're already doing the experiments. Your content team and your design team and your developer, they're already doing the experiments, <clears throat> but you're not validating it. So you have no idea <laughs> what the results are. And uh, maybe that's a bit, uh, bit of um, a fear-mongering there, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but if it works. Well, that's kind of
1: back to the point about like, <clears throat> You can run an experiment but if you don't have the proper resources to analyze it validate data sanity like research then running an experiment doesn't make you like it doesn't provide value if you don't have the proper supporting of process to analyze and do the right things behind it it's just running an experiment it's the same thing like personalization oh let's flip the switch on and let's personalize well have you tested it? Like are you are you gonna constantly evolve the personalization? Or are you just gonna flip a switch and be like, let's just personalize because I read an article that said it works? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So how how do you uh at, at Spiro, how do you um uh then position or maybe, maybe even sell uh, uh uh CRO or or experimentation? Uh, is it uh, you, you just spoke about okay. If, if you're doing it for convert, uh, optimizing conversion rates, th- those might not be the right KPIs. Uh, I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of people uh, talking about okay, we shouldn't frame it as optimization mm-hmm. at all. It, it should be about risk management. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you guys position that uh, with with clients?
1: I personally always talk about test to learn. So the way I talk about it is every test that's run will generate an insight. So like I talked about how experimentation is like a hub of research. Every test you run will teach you something. And I'm not going to run a test that's not going to tell me something to guide the next test and the next test and the next test. Um, I, have a, I have a plan that, like, if a test loses, maybe that plan, plan gets changed or altered based on the insights. But every test will generate an insight that alters the strategic plan versus, like, trying to think, like, very root level, like a button color test, like... If I run a green versus orange on our homepage, what's that going to tell us strategically? Like nothing strategic. It might give you a test when it might give you a test loss, but like, there's nothing really like, Oh, what's next blue. Like that's not really as helpful. Like maybe there's a little bit of insight with contrast. Like if that, but like, so like content gating strategy, pricing strategy, like a pricing, like a, a, a questionnaire or wizard for like B2B, like that stuff. That's super interesting. One, because that's interesting research. Two, like win or lose, you're learning something about that. So I, I think we tend to focus a lot of our um tests around insights and talk about this is what we're learning about your audience every test. And then if it wins, by the way, it also generated X amount of revenue, Y amount of conversions, whatever it is. But the focal point for me that I always like to use is talk about the insights first, because what I've learned like very early in my career is like if I only fixate on like conversion rate, conversion rate, conversion rate, you're almost training everyone to also focus only on conversion rate rather than the insights. Yeah. So instead, just flip it around and talk about the insights generated always, win or lose. And then you're focusing on a program that is generating insights that even if you lose 10 tests – you 've generated insights for those ten tests as stuff like we shouldn't do, and it's good that we tested it because we didn 't move forward like that risk mitigation you 're talking about,
0: yeah, exactly. you saved a lot of resources on not implementing uh, all those uh, all those yep. things yeah I think, yeah totally agree i mean it's way more interesting uh, to have i mean the UI part can be very interesting. I mean, if, if that's a big issue, uh, that can be that can be a, a huge blocker uh, on many levels, of course. But uh, the, the strategic things are way more interesting. Um, validate your your whole whole business ID. Are people actually interested in in what's what's uh, in in features that you're trying to sell them, maybe they're interested in something completely different and what's uh price elasticity on your product that that can make a huge difference for uh, for a company way bigger than, than changing the color of a button.
1: And to take that a step further, like think about experimentation maturity. So if, if you're a one man team and you're running experiments for button color tests, you're, if people who are looking at your program are seeing button color tests, they're going to be like, like, what is what is the ROI of this program? Why do we have this if all we're testing is button colors or some root level tests? Versus if you're talking about strategic things that is affecting the whole business, obviously with the qualifier that you are in fact in lockstep with the business, that you're not like optimizing for like AOV and the business is optimizing for like CLTV and your metrics are just totally mismatched. Like obviously you don't wanna make sure you're aligned with that. But if you're providing these insights that are so interesting that maybe is shifting the way that the business thinks about things or marketing or, or anyone else like brand. You're generating these insights that are like, holy crap, this content gating strategy that we have to generate leads didn't work. Like we removed to the gate and we got the same amount of leads. We need to change the business. And then like your boss's 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 boss hears about that. And like, how do we find this out? Oh, the CRO program, holy shit. Let's throw some money at this if they're generating those insights, and that's a way for you to scale your program up.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a, a challenge there is that um, a lot of CRO uh, uh, specialists or CRO teams are often positioned in the marketing team, and mm-hmm. uh, they have really different goals than uh, they're not necessarily into test and learn.
1: It is painful, like. It is a struggle with, and that's another thing that we talk about in the maturity is like, where does experimentation live? Is it a decentralized model, centralized model, hybrid, like whatever model it may be. But holy crap, if you're not on the product team, good luck trying to get prioritized resourcing to help you drive the program. And the solution to that is like maybe hire some folks on your experimentation team. Like when I was at Gartner, I hired a developer to sit on my team to help bypass some of the limitations I had. Um, I, I, but again, like it's, it is a struggle, especially if experimentation sits on a marketing team to get the resources they need to scale the program to, to, to grow and get bigger. I think in a perfect world, if you could have like, I think each model kind of has its pros and cons, but I think in a perfect world, like a, a decentralized model where you have some, um, you have some resources sitting on individual teams, And then you are, I guess that's a hybrid model, not decentralized, like you have some individual specialists sitting on like a marketing team, brand team, dev team, UX, whatever. And then they all report to like a hub of experimentation folks. And those are the ones who like set the process, set the governance, um, Ben and I geek out about this and he's like very passionate about like that person that sits the people who's in the hub, like shouldn't look at a single test, all their, their only jobs are like process their only jobs are making sure that everyone's following the right processes they don't look at a single test they just make sure everything's flowing properly and then you have the specialists on every team kind of yep. flowing through everything
0: yeah yeah i think the uh, one one easy way if you're in, a, in stuck in the in marketing team uh, might be just uh, to to get budget uh, for, for to hire an external yep. agency uh, that's that's often the the fastest way uh, to ensure that you actually uh, can do
1: And I think that's why there's a little bit of like scrappiness that a lot of CRO people tend to have. Like you have a CRO person that's a coder and and a data analyst and can kind of design on the side. Like I think every experimentation person should have a good understanding of all these skills, but you'll often find like, I can code, not, not like i not like top tier coding, but I can code pretty well. I can design pretty well. I'm, I'm pretty good UX UI person. Like, I, you have to have these skills because growing in an organization that like only hires one specialist and they're expected to drive the whole program is, is oftentimes what happens in a perfect world that doesn't happen, but it oftentimes does happen where it's one person's task to like do everything. And that's always hard. So sometimes that person has to do, put on a lot of hats. Sometimes in a perfect world, if you have those like dedicated UX functions, dev functions, Build relationships with these folks and just try and try and get some dedicated resourcing, even if it means maybe you have to trim down the sizing of tests, as long as maybe your quarter hypothesis, maybe just pushing some stuff out and just get a little scrappy, because if you can get a little scrappy and prove yourself, then that starts to get some eyes and maybe you start to get a little bit more money flowing. And
0: Hey, something else I wanted to ask you. So uh, I saw this interesting post uh, this morning. Uh, post on LinkedIn by uh, Petra uh, lilander uh, already uh, asked her um, to come on board for for an episode I'm curious uh, what you what you think of this she had some um, uh, frustration I think <laughs> she posted about and um, she basically quoted um, uh, some responses she, she got I think from people inside the company or um, uh, talking about zero Um and, asking her, I guess, um, uh, so, so the, the quote being, uh, why can't we just put this on the website product experimentation will just slow oh us down. God. And, um, uh, but, but we know our customers need this and our competition already has this. So why can't we just implement it? So, um, uh, it, not necessarily. Also for Petra, I guess. But I guess uh, many zero people will uh, will come across uh, comments like this uh, in their uh, career. Um, how would you advise them to to respond to this?
1: God, that's so triggering. I can't tell you how many times that's happened. <laughs> just, it, it's like it's one of those things that we call JDI's. So like, just do it. Um, a lot of people tend to just be like, "Well, let's just do it because we need to just do it." I'd say like. One thing you should probably do is just think about what is the risk. Um, sometimes you have to be honest and be like, if it's like, I don't know, swapping out like a video on the homepage to something new, like what is the data supporting it? So is it truly, truly, truly something that's impactful versus not? Like maybe the brand team's like, we want to change this new video. And they're like, test, test, test. But how many people click on the video? Is it like 0.2% of people clicking on the video and they only watch three seconds of it? like in a perfect world you want to test it because maybe that new video is just going to be that much better but if that interaction rate's so low like sometimes it's okay to just be like fine we'll concede and maybe you maybe you take that coin and put it in your back pocket and be like we conceded on this but we make sure the next thing that you want to just j- just do it we <laughs> cash in that chip and uh and test it um but yeah i mean miss risk mitigation is just There's so many things that I've tested in my career that I'm like, this is a guaranteed winner. And you run the test and it like, it loses dramatically. And you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Well, that's good. We tested that. And like, it wasn't a question that you weren't going to test it versus not, but like we're wrong a lot. A lot of people are wrong (laughs) and it's okay to be wrong, but risk mitigation is so important that (sighs) you just don't know until you know. And, and sometimes it's a little bit of a personality thing that you have to just like, sometimes it's worth digging into like, why? Why do we need to be so quick? Why do we need data quickly? Is it your boss's boss's boss really pushing some pressure on this? Is it like, maybe it's worth digging into like, why they want to push it so quickly. And I think that's something like, specifically with hippos, I've like, it's helped me understand and try and work with people who hippo highest paid person's opinion. Like someone who's like, Your boss's boss's boss says do something, so you have to do something. And sometimes it's helpful to understand why they want to do it, because potentially that context is helpful to talk them off the ledge of maybe testing something or restructuring a test. Or maybe it's like, you know, maybe that's something of a lesson learned that like you have a process issue. Like we talked about, you know, maturity. Maybe you have a process issue that like they have spent five months working on something and you didn't know about it. If you had known about it because it was a process issue, you could have started on day one and be like, by the way, we're testers. We can test help test it for you. And they're like, oh, great. And there's, you know, a lesson learned that you have a process issue and you just need to work in experimentation earlier yep. to help them out. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess I'm trying to be like glass half full because if I was glass half empty, I might cry a little bit because of how many times I've heard that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then just uh, fire the clients, or just um, if you work there yourself, yeah. <laughs> resign and yeah. <laughs> and move I think on. it's more. Just, it's also an. It's just like course. trying
1: to get an understanding. Like, why are they trying to do it so quickly? Like, what is the reason behind it? Is there a process thing that maybe you need to have relooked and be like, well, experimentation needs to be involved earlier. Yeah. A lot of times, like what we see, I was working with another client. Um I we were talking about something, and they're like, "We're going to roll out this feature." I was like, "Why don't you guys test it?" And they're like. We can't test it. And we are like, oh, sure you can. You just have to do this, this, and this. are so like, oh, uh, okay. I like And they're like, it, it clicks in their brain. They're like, they didn't understand they could test something in a particular way. So sometimes it's just education that they didn't know they could test it. So they just didn't test it. And then they just moved on. But it's, I mean, CRO and experimentation is just so often misunderstood that that leads to a lot of problems rather than, like actual malice of people who are like hippos who yeah. are just like, I just want to do it. I don't care what the results say. I want to do it because it looks pretty.
0: Yeah, and often I guess uh, when when um, uh, the understanding isn't there, it's also for a lot of people, I think the managers that um, uh, need to manage the, the CRO team or the people coming up with those ideas for the, for the CRO team uh, to validate, that it feels very mm. personal to them. Like I said, most things fail. <laughs> and that gets that could get uh personal very quickly if the if the desire, if you shoot down 9 out of 10 ideas that the designer has um he, he might not uh like you very much and and stop coming uh with uh things uh, to you so you need to start uh working with them understanding what their goals are um not necessarily their personal goal but uh, inside the business what are they um um yeah, what are they? What are their KPIs? What are their OKRs or whatever uh, system you use, and uh, understand that and and help them achieve those uh, business goals instead of um, uh, framing it or at least having them the uh, having them uh, um, perceive this as being very personal to uh, to, to to their their well maybe the, yeah their their life their their lives well, of work. Let me
1: put that in context. <laughs> if you're a UX person. And a see a person comes to you and they're like, hey, we should test this. And the UX person's like, okay, cool, let's test it. And then they literally run the test and it loses by, let's say, minus 10%. They literally give you evidence that your baby is ugly in a data-driven way, right? And if you're a UX person, you're like, yes. damn. <laughs> That's not, that hurts. So like, there's that context is, is glass half full where you're just like calling their baby ugly and literally using data to prove it, which is like, would put a lot of people on defense when reframe it be like look you have this design let's test it because maybe this first iteration isn't the best but let's test it let's make it so that instead of you know it being a minus 10 percent or a plus two percent what if their design was so kick-ass that it was a plus 17 percent then you have provided data to the ux person that their that their baby is beautiful and then that ux person goes tell their boss my thing yep. is seventeen percent better than the original, so it's 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 looked as a, it should be as a. Yeah, you,
0: you, yeah. you, you don't have to tell your boss it, it took ten iterations oh, exactly. to, do, to get yeah. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. just uh, uh, but that, that's uh, but I think that's that's an issue that it, 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 it's it's uh, painful in the beginning, and if you're not used to uh, to that process, that indeed uh, feels like someone is, is killing off your your baby. Um, and and that's, yeah, I guess that's part of uh, the education that you need to go through with your organization.
1: Well, I think that's like back to the education piece. It's, it's about the CRO person coming from a, like, I'm here to help. I'm here to make you look good. I'm here to test your thing. So it looks good. Like you think about even just like minus UX, like let's look at product. If a person's designing a feature, if they were, if a product owner said the decision we need to make is develop this feature and there was no experimentation done to validate run anything they spent six months validating this feature building it or not validating building it getting it to live and then crl person comes in and tests it and it's like minus six percent like that's going to make them look really bad so instead it's that's where there might be some hesitation from these people to be like i don't want to test it because it can make me look bad and the same way with the ux people So there's a lot of these avenues, like even deaf people, like I don't want to test it because if it's broken and it doesn't look good, like it's it's, everything is like it's understandable that people would see it as a uh, have a defense mechanism kick in when the reality is they we are here as experimentation folks to make you look good, to take what you're doing and make it better or prove that maybe it's not the exact right thing. But instead of you and like that product person, if we were involved in, you know, very early We could have maybe done research to validate that this wasn't worth doing, or maybe use the research to be like, it's worth doing, but the design isn't great. But like, we're here to help support you to make the right decisions to make you look good and you look good and you look good. And everyone, and even like the business metrics, we're here to support the business. We're not your enemy. We're your best friends.
0: (laughs) Exactly, and and what would you say? So uh, the 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 first part uh, of Petra's comment was um, or her colleagues' uh, uh, comments. Experimentation will just slow us down. What what would you? Um, how do how would you counter the argument? That's I mean, fair enough. I mean, would you time. rather
1: be slow or bad? <laughs> <laughs> like,
0: fair Yeah, that's a perfect response. I guess. Like it, yeah? I mean
1: yeah, you could be slow, but would you, would you rather make the right decisions and be slow or probably make the wrong decisions and be fast? And like, there's a whole thing. And like, there is a legitimate argument for like, let's, I'd rather be, I'd rather be fast and then test and then like, continue to iterate. There is an argument for that. I'm not going to disagree with that. I'm not saying always be slow and always be right, but it's it's not usually the case that people who are like it's going to slow us down are people who are like we want to go fast so that we could test it and continue to iterate and make it better oftentimes from what my experience is like let's roll it out very quickly because we have something else we need to do and we're not going to really like maybe we'll have some health metrics and check up on it every now and then but it's not like a concerted process to like go quick test research and like keep it going and keep the funnel flowing to yeah. optimize. It's kind of just like, let's go quick and yeah. move on.
0: <laughs> yeah, or those are those are requests like, uh, but it's Black Friday mm. next week, so we need to re- do it uh, right now, or we have this campaign, the TV campaign yep. going live, uh, but then you're just, uh, you you got involved in the process uh, yep. way too late. That's something that's the in the process that you need to. Yeah, exactly. Nice. Hey uh I don't want to take uh too much more of uh of your time. Uh, uh let's um uh, th- thank you so much for um um for sitting down with me and uh talking us uh through your uh, your process and uh, the no BS <laughs> style. <laughs> let's let's keep that up. Uh there wasn't a lot of swearing today, so let's um, we, we kept it <laughs> we kept my sailor out the middle, I guess. <laughs> Uh, well, one one uh, question I uh, do have uh, as a few as a final question. Uh, what are the things in in your own process in in working with clients that that you want to uh, improve uh, this year, like the next twelve months? Uh, what are you What are you excited about uh, the, the new things that you're gonna gonna try and implement? That's a good question. I probably need to. But what's What's on your okay?
1: Okay, I probably list. <laughs> need to do some deeper reflecting on this. But I think for me, it's it's something that. I think I'm good at. I'm not going to toot my own horn. I think I'm great at, but I think I can be better to support the business better, which is keep on being annoying about understanding what the business is trying to do. So, like I talked about a little bit before, is like where, what is the business trying to optimize for? What are their priorities? And making sure experimentation is matching to it. On a, excuse me, uh, from an internal perspective it is a lot easier to understand those pieces because you're literally talking to everyone it's easier to understand the business context because you're talking to everyone on a daily basis you're having these conversations and you build these relationships as an agency it can be a little bit more difficult to truly understand the business direction and be able to adapt and adjust um in advance and like understand it sometimes it'll be like they'll have some plans kind of coming down the pipeline and we want to make sure that we support it but We only learn about it when they knew about it, like maybe last week, and they knew about it for two months. So it's being a little bit more annoying, but like trying to truly understand the business goals and objectives to support the business in the absolute best way possible, rather than kind of confining our experiments to stuff that we maybe entirely kind of see on our own. And again, that's not saying that we're bad at it. We're really good at it. But I do think there's another level of really really pestering executives to understand what they're trying to optimize for. Because I think on one hand, that'll help us be better experimenters, but two, that annoyingness will help executives. It'll it's, I'm not trying to say like Pavlov's dog, but like, it'll almost train them to like, think of experimentation as top of mind so that whatever internal research, you know, whatever people we talk to internally on those teams, they keep on, they'll get the support because we're being annoying about experimentation in a good way like we keep it top of mind so that they'll get the support so that we'll get the support to help them and i think it's just something that'll keep on helping if we just keep experimentation top of mind continue to support their business so they see the value they love it and then they feed more money into it and then we're more helpful and it's just that positive like feedback cycle
0: yeah nice yeah i think that's really a uh, powerful advice i mean i always uh, advise people to one of the first things that you uh, that you should uh, or team that you should talk to uh, is probably your uh, um, uh, your finance team uh, to figure out okay what w- what actually mm-hmm. drives the business w- where where is the money being made um, uh, and that's really interesting for you as a as a zero. Uh, person that you know, and, and and maybe you work at a company. You think, okay, let's increase conversion rate or revenue or profit. But maybe they're not even interested in those. They just want mm-hmm. to grow market share. Mm-hmm. And That's the main thing. They have uh, maybe they have you have uh, had a, a big investment, um, and um, um, the goal is to grow uh, yep. as fast as possible. Uh, you, you can even lose money. <laughs> Uh, and it's really a, that's a completely different ball game than uh, when you're already uh, um, um, there, and then maybe just just the only thing is profit. Yeah. That's a totally different. I would even thing add to
1: point. that and say, as a as any CRO research person, you should always be talking to like your sales team, your marketing team, your brand team, your dev team, live chat team, support team, and, like talk to these people because they have insights. They deal with stuff that you don't deal with. So if you're like if you're optimizing for sales and like you're trying to just raw increase the raw amount of sales and then you go talk to the sales team and they're like, we've been getting a lot of shit leads recently, recently. Then they're probably, then like, you're not, you're not doing anyone any favors because you're wasting their time and artificially making your program look good. So it's like, it's having these conversations, but also those guys are on the front lines. They see all that. So they have different, data they have different ideas they have different things that you can use to help guide your program because maybe the sales guys like man all these people are complaining about this one question because they never know how to answer and you're like oh okay we should test that and then you get ideas from these other people that maybe your research never uncovered or maybe your marketing team like it's have these connections also again it Pushes experimentation to top of mind for everyone. The more you grow your influence and reach, the more people are talking about it, the more people are interested in it, the more buy-in you're going to get. The more interest you're going to get, the more people are going to be like, yeah, let's test it. And then, again, positive feedback loop, that just gets more attention, gets you more money in the bank to, to grow your program.
0: Nice. Yeah, I have that uh, as, uh, as one of your OKRs. Uh, talk to as many departments uh, within your organization yep. <laughs> yep. as you can. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And uh, I hope to uh, read more of your uh, uh, posts on uh, LinkedIn uh, very soon. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye.